Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> Feels like Christmas now. Hey, just a reminder, uh, Christmas Eve is falling on a Sunday uh, this year. So uh, our Sunday services will be our Christmas Eve services, uh, which so you can legally sleep in on Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas. And uh, come to church 246. Uh, we'd love for you, those of you that are part of the, our church family to consider maybe coming to one and enjoying that service and then serving in another. Uh, and then certainly invite people. Use all the different ways that we have uh, invites, little cards and uh, yard signs and posters. And then if you're on social media, share some of our social media posts. And uh, Christmas Eve is always a great opportunity. People will come to church easy on Christmas Eve. So I just want to encourage you to uh, be here, invite some money. We're going to have a great time. Next weekend is going to be such a great weekend for our church. Uh, it's when we're going to receive our Endeavor Christmas Eve offering, or Christmas offering rather. Uh, and this gives us a, a, an incredible opportunity to create the future of our church. You know, you can either let the, the future happen to you uh, or enroll over you, or you can take an active part with God in creating your own future. And uh, so this gives us the opportunity, uh, and the thing that I've had in my heart for some months now is, is that we would be the best rock church ever, uh, the, the most uh, praying rock church ever. Uh, the most serving, the most loving, uh, and certainly the most generous rock church ever. So this coming up next Sunday uh, is going to be our opportunity to pour in to our Endeavor Christmas offering. Uh, we use in our Christmas offering for a lot of different things in terms of reaching out. Um, and so we will dig freshwater wells and partner with ministries that do that and provide heating and do a few things both uh, internationally and locally as well. But the big project, obviously, as you saw when you're walking in through the Christmas tunnel, uh, is, uh, is what's happening in the front. And so uh, we have a, it's a million plus dollars to do the renovation that we're going to do. Steel will be uh, delivered on the 11th, and uh, it'll start going up right after that. So it's a pretty exciting and opportunity for us to move forward. And so we're just asking everybody that's a part of our church family or anybody who wants to uh, be involved in helping us move forward and create a great future. Future. Uh, so today, what I want to talk about for a few moments is a concept that uh, is in the teaching of Jesus, and I want us to look at a scripture, Luke chapter 5. I'm just curious, does anybody bring a Bible to church anymore at all? Yeah, come on, come on. Old school, I love you. And, uh, and, then, uh, and then you can look on any device that you have. It'll also be on the screen. Once you get on your device, do not slide over to uh, Facebook or Instagram or anything else. Um, but uh, Jesus taught this idea. Luke chapter 5, uh, verse 37, no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins. It will be spilled out. And the skins will be ruined, but new wine must be put into fresh or new wine skins. And no one 
after drinking old wine, wishes for new, for he says, the old is good enough. And that's what I want to talk about today for a moment. The old is good enough. And uh, uh, so follow me for a few moments. So Jesus in this passage is introducing the idea that uh, God is going to do a new thing and is doing a new thing in the earth. There's a transition from Old Testament and the law as a way to, uh, to walk with God and connect with God. And there's a new thing happening uh, that Jesus has come to introduce, how to connect with God uh, in a fresh way in a new way. And the Bible uh, talks about this idea, this new thing that God wants to do is symbolized by new wine. And Jesus is, is communicating this idea that new wine needs new containers. New wine, a new thing needs a new structure. And uh, I think as we look around, whether it's our own personal world or whether it's uh, in the business world or in the church world, that uh, a new thing can be lost when we're trying to fit it into an old structure or an old way that we have done things. And I really believe that if your next season is going to contain a new thing, if 2018, anybody ready for 2018 to be better than 2017, right? And to, 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 for that to happen, you're probably going to have to reconsider how you are going at your life. In other words, you can't keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. So you might have to change your, uh, your schedule, your, you might have to change your diet, you might have to change your circle of friends, uh, you might have to change your job. Uh, there's a lot of things that we can look at and recognize that, that we can't get there with this structure in place. We have to be willing to change something if we are going to house a new thing. So you can't put the new thing that God wants to do in your life in the old containers that God used to use in your world. And for all of us, that is going to apply in, in a lot of different ways, that we have to think about how am I going to restructure. And that's, that's the idea that Jesus is giving here. But he, but he gives this concept that, uh, that has always been a bit of a puzzle for me, but I think I got something on it, about Jesus saying, anybody who's tasted the old wine prefers it and says, the, the old is better. The old is something I want to hold on to. Now, let me just say this about God. God loves to do new things. You know, I mean, you find this throughout the Bible, uh, you know, there, there is, a, there is a, a, God gives us a new heart. Anybody got a new heart? I, I know I have. I know God gave me a, a new heart and, and can continue to give us a new heart. There is a new covenant. Uh, it, the Bible talks about a new day. The Bible talks about God doing a new thing. God talks, uh, the Bible talks about sing new songs, right? And there, there's not things that are new to God, 
because he's, he's in touch with everything, right? But they are new to us. And there's something about the fresh edge of new that appeals to God. Uh, the fresh edge of a new thing that is, is within the way that God works in our life and works in our world. Isaiah 43, verse 19 says, Behold, I will do something new. Everybody say new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will make even a roadway in your wilderness. And, you know, maybe this past year has been a wilderness year for you. A wilderness year is when you don't really have direction and you're kind of out wandering and you're wondering what way to go. There's no road signs. But God says, I can do a new thing. I can give you a road a direction, a path to walk on in the wilderness. And he says, I, I can even make a river happen in a desert. In a dry and a dusty place, God says, I can do a new thing. And I, I hope that your, your faith and your hope and your expectation for the year in front of you or the season in front of you will recognize that God can do a new thing and create a roadway in the wilderness for you. And he can create a river in the desert for you. He likes doing those new things. You're not stuck. Unless you want to be. And then uh, the Bible goes on, Psalm 98. You could find a lot of verses that are like this. I'm just using one. Psalm 98, 1. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song because I'm tired of the old songs. This, the Bible talks a lot about singing a new song. And I know sometimes you come to our church and you go, my gosh, another new song? That's because we love Jesus. It's because we love God. And we want to sing new songs. Thank God for old songs, but they were for the old day. Thank you for saying amen to that. For he has done wonderful things. His right hand and his holy arm have gained the victory for him. And Isaiah 42 kind of combines these two concepts together. It says, behold, the former things have come to pass. Now I declare new things. Everybody say new things. God says, I declare them first. I, I say them first. And that's what, that's what we do. Before they spring forth, I proclaim them to you. So sing to the Lord a new song because a new day needs a new song. There's a, there's a sound. You know, when you hear songs, like I love the songs from my youth. There is a, uh, there's a channel on Spotify. That's how I kind of get my music now on Spotify. And uh, there's a, I forget what it's called, it's some kind of channel that they play the music uh, that was popular when you were a teenager. And like I love listening to those kind of songs, but I like the new songs. I like the new sound. I mean, I like to listen to that when I'm laying on the beach and I'm chilling. But when I'm living my life, I want the new sound that goes with the new day. Can you hear what I'm talking about? Every, every new day has a new sound. And maybe it'd be a good idea if a new sound would erupt in our homes, in our, in our work environment, in our church, because new things are accompanied 
by new songs. The sound of a new day is, is in our midst. Now, this whole idea of old versus new is what Jesus is discussing here. It's what he's teaching on. And he's, he's saying that for God to do a new thing, there's got to be a new structure, there's got to be a new wineskin, and that there are people who would hold on and say, well, the old is good enough. Now, some old things are valuable. And just look straight ahead. Don't look at your neighbor. <laughs> right? Some old things are valuable. <laughs> yeah. Especially this service, because all the old people get up early and come to this service. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. But... Just, just in the past month or two, there's been a, a Leonardo da Vinci painting that has been kind of discovered, and it went on auction at Christie's, and it sold for $450 million. A little painting. It's a painting of Jesus, actually. It's a painting of the face of Jesus, something in $450 million. I could build 450 lobbies with that, what that <laughs> painting cost. So... It's just a little painting, but, it, but there's, only a, there's really only less than two dozen paintings from Leonardo da Vinci, and so because it's, it, you can't get it, you know what I mean? It's like it's a pretty valuable thing, so it holds value. It's an old thing that holds value, and, and I think sometimes, I, I think some family traditions that are old are good, right? Come on, there's stuff I want to eat every Thanksgiving. Anybody know what I'm talking about? There's stuff I want to eat every Christmas. And when my wife won't cook it, we still get along well. Um, but, uh, but there's some stuff that, uh, that, is, that is old, certainly that has value. Not everything that is old lacks value. But I think sometimes we can get stuck holding on too tightly to the old. It can, it can hold us back from a new thing that God will want to do in our life. And the struggle with moving into the new is we have to move away from the old. We have to let go of the old. And that's not easy to do because it, something has to be given up that we've gotten comfortable with, that we've been grown ac accustomed to, even if it's not healthy. We're attached to it. We've learned to work around it. We've, we've learned to make do, and now we've kind of fit our life around this old thing, and we want a new thing, but it's hard to let go of the old. Can anybody know what I'm talking about? Right? It's just, it's hard. It's hard to, to change that kind of stuff. And, and it costs something to make a move into the new day. It costs something on a personal level, on a church level, and I think a lot of times, uh, especially church culture can get stuck in, isn't this good enough? 
This is good enough, isn't it? The old is good enough. And I think sometimes people even go so far in the church world, in Christianity, to actually exalt the old as superior to the new. They, like, you're more spiritual if you hold on to the old ways. Now, we all know the message doesn't change. The message is eternal. But the methods of communicating that message have got to change. We've got, we've got to have a new structure for a new thing that God wants to do. And I think it's easy to get comfortable with the old. Everybody's got their favorite old pair of blue jeans. You know, the ones that you can wear no matter how fat you are or how skinny you are. They just work. They just work. Anybody got a pair of jeans like that? Come on, I got a pair. I'm picturing them right now. They're my buddy. I, I love those jeans. They just work through everything. I don't even know how they do it. It's magic. Well, maybe it's blessing. I don't want to offend you with magic, but it is magical how they, how they work. And everybody gets comfortable. You get comfortable with your old pair of jeans. Uh, I've adjusted to the old. The old still works, doesn't it? Right? The old is okay, isn't it? And I think there are a lot of um, companies or a lot of places that have missed the boat and lost their way by holding on to this idea, the old is good enough, isn't it? Kodak uh, was uh, the, the premier kind of film industry in the, in the world, and Kodak actually developed digital photography. Like, they are the ones that created digital photography. But Kodak was continued to sell film. How many of you remember taking pictures with that little roll of film and, and then you brought it over to CVS and had to wait three or four days <laughs> and three pictures were good out of 20? <laughs> anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I know next service I don't have to really explain it because <laughs> you know why. Because you're old, they're not. <laughs> you don't even have to be old anymore now for stuff to change that fast. But Kodak is out of business now because they kept telling themselves, we're making so much profit by selling film and staying in the film business that they missed even the world that they created with digital photography. And they kept telling themselves, the old is good enough. The old is making us a profit. But now, they're done. Blockbuster. Anybody remember Blockbuster? <laughs> Have a Blockbuster night. I remember the little Blockbuster that was right up here. I, I, how many times I went to that, that Blockbuster to try to find a movie for my family and look through the entire place and left because I just, nothing that I really cared for. And, you know, you went there to rent, you know, first you went there to rent VHS tapes. <laughs> right? Yeah. Some of you still haven't rewound that tape that you were supposed to bring back. 
and and you you know blockbuster was the the place to go to to not too many years ago to rent a dvd to rent a video game and 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 they kept telling themselves the old is good enough but now they're out of business netflix uh netflix first started uh where you could actually have uh, DVDs mailed to you, so you'd have to leave your house, and then then you would mail them back, and then you could get some more DVDs. But Netflix did not tell themselves the old is good enough. So now they realized a new day is on us, and they moved into the digital era, and now Netflix is as strong and as popular as anything ever has been in terms of delivering movies and such to our houses. The Ingalls store that is right across from the, uh, the outlet mall used to be the Biltmore Square Mall. I think it's interesting to me that they literally tore down the entire old store and to nothing. I mean, just a piece of dirt and rebuilt a brand new store because they were understood the old is not good enough. We can't house what's going on today in an old situation. So ever since Suzette, Susan and I have been in Asheville now 28 years, that's hard to believe. Moved here when we were three. And, uh, um, and, and, and I have seen, uh, I can't tell you how many restaurants come and go uh, in Asheville. And, and a lot of them, uh, they just weren't ready to move into the new day. Uh, and I think this is interesting. There's a little restaurant on the corner uh, of the exit as you get off Tunnel Road off of uh, 240 called Cornerstone Restaurant. And this is what it used to look like, Cornerstone Restaurant. And, uh, you know, it looked like a, 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 an old B-level Shoney's. Uh, who remembers Shoney's? Yeah, Shoney's. And you know what, what I appreciate about these guys is they closed the whole place down and rebuilt, and now this restaurant looks like this, which, which you look at that and you go, okay, here's somebody who said maybe the old isn't good enough. McDonald's right up here, uh, right in front of us, if the McDonald's at the corner of Acton Circle is literally one of the top-selling McDonald's in the state of North Carolina, which says a lot <laughs> about Candler. <laughs> Jesus, you sent me to Candler. Um, but since we've been here, since our church building has been here, they have, they have completely demolished that place and rebuilt it twice. This is the third, because they recognize, yeah, we could still make the same kind of hamburgers in the old place, but they realize the old is not good enough. I'm talking about people who, who get stuck in the old is good enough. The Georgia Dome, uh, which is home of the Atlanta Falcons, who are way below the New Orleans Saints in the standings right now, <laughs> by the way. And I think we have a big game today, don't we? Yeah, yeah, come on. Who that? Okay, sorry. You say strange things under the anointing. Yeah, who that? 
But uh, on the right is the Georgia Dome, uh, built in 1992, 25 years ago, for $214 million. Uh, and next door to it is the Mercedes-Benz Stadium that has just been finished, that was built for $1.6 billion, billion <laughs> dollars. I could build a lot of lobbies with that. And just a couple of weeks ago, the Georgia Dome, which was, which has housed a bunch of great events and has been a landmark st stadium, really, they, they demolished it. They explosives and threw, pulled it down. Now they're making a park where it is because 25 years ago, this state-of-the-art facility, they, the owners recognized the old is not good enough. So I love this quote from uh, one of the architects for the new stadium. He said, the Georgia Dome, for its innovation and its positive reception, um, it wasn't designed to be an icon. Arthur Blank, who is the Falcons' owner, uh, had something much more in mind. He really wants to make uh, this new stadium an international landmark that sets Atlanta apart. And I just loved this statement. That's a much higher calling. And now, because of the new stadium, now, now the Mercedes-Benz Stadium is going to have the Super Bowl in 2019. It's going to have the NCAA uh, Final Four in 2020. It's going to have the, the NCAA football championship game uh, in 2018. And a Major League Soccer team is coming. And, and I, I'm just saying, there are some people that have gotten stuck saying, isn't this good enough? And then there's some people who have moved into the future and said, maybe we better make a move. Because let me tell you this, if you move into the future or not, the future is still coming. You could say, I don't want things to change, but they are changing. And we can all say the old is good enough. So we are embarking on, on a, a bit of a, of a remodel and a rest, uh, 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 expansion for our church. And I know, I know some people go, isn't this good enough already? I, I know some people that have visited our church. They've actually put, like, reviews online about can't believe they're spending all that money on this renovation because they already have this great place to serve their members anyway. And I want to go, this isn't for our members. <laughs> this isn't for us. But they're not going to listen to it. But I hope you will understand that this isn't for us. Right? And it's not about buildings, but because I, I can tell you this, if you've been around here for a while, you know this, once, we, once that gets done, it ain't, it's never over. It's never over. And I'm just saying to you, the old is good enough is a mentality. It, it's, a, uh, it's, a, it's a disposition. It's a culture. And 
we can either allow ourselves to get stuck in, this is good enough, or we can pay the price to move into a new day. So uh, the, the lobby expansion is very intentional. I mean, it's a, it's a welcome space, it's a connection space, it's a first impression space, it's a people space, and as much as possible, it's, it's going to be a, a, a kid's welcoming space. And uh, we're going we're to make sure our Kids Rock Chicken is going to have a much more prominent space in our new lobby situation. Next steps, helping people connect, uh, connecting with people that are first-time guests, connecting with people who want to take their next step in baptism or becoming part of the house. There's going to be a cafe in there. There's going to be outdoor spaces that are going to help us connect. This is Asheville. Come on. It's 62 degrees on today. December, whatever today is, second, third, something, one day, right at the beginning of December. You know, when, when, we were, when we were looking at, thinking about, you know, our church for our 25th anniversary, we recognized that, that really all churches that are being built now uh, are being built with lobbies that are like literally three times the size of our lobby because it's a new day, Right? And that connect space is, is so important. I hope we all understand that the church, the lobby is not just a space that we walk through to get to the sanctuary. It's very intentional. And a big part of this, let me just say, and because we're going to keep leaning into this hard as, as, long as, we, as long as I'm leading this thing we're going to, Kids Rock is so vital for us. I mean, we, we've already invested heavily into kids' ministry. We built Adventure Rock, um, you know, some, sometime back, four or five years ago, I don't know, maybe even longer than that, and, you know, sunk almost $200,000 into this, and somebody might say, you know, really, did we need to do that? Well, the old is good enough or not. And even in this process where we've been working out all the plans with, uh, with the lobby, we've freshened up our kids' spaces and, you know, we put new flooring down, we've redone our, the rooms. I mean, if you were, I don't know how many of you, if you have kids and you're over there, you know, but if you don't, you should take a walk over there because it's first rate. I mean, it is, it is, it's as, it's as, I walk through here all the time. I walk through this space praying for our kids, praying for our teachers, and it, it's just first rate. And you might think, well, why does all that matter? Well, here's why. 90% of all people who receive Christ do so before they're 18 years old. The growth edge for Christianity, the growth edge for our church is young. And I've run, I've run these stats by you before, but 35% of my generation, baby boomers, are confessing faith in Christ 11% of Gen Xers, 4% of Gen Y is confessing faith in Christ right now. Gen Y, the millennials, is the largest generation in American history. The largest generation in American history, 80 million people, 30% of the U.S. population, only 4% of them are actually confessing faith in Christ. How many of you think we got to be a little more intentional about reaching that generation? And, and 
I mean, I'm, I'm, we're leaning into this. And yeah, does great spaces and adventure rock, does that make it happen? No, but it, it's a part of reaching them. 27% of the of U.S. population is under 21. 80, almost 88 million people, one-third of all American households have at least one person who's under 18. And that this next generation has got to be reached. I mean, we can't just go, the old is good enough. <laughs> Hello, you hear me? We got to go, the young is what we have to reach. Because that's the growth edge of church. That's the growth edge of, of, of Christianity. So we know that there's a battle on for the next generation. And there's a price to pay to move from the old into the new. When we bought this piece of land uh, several years ago, we, we discovered that there had been Methodist camp meetings that went on in this area uh, right on this piece of land. And, and the realization, the aha moment, was a recognition that we were the legacy of a previous generation. That they had prayed and sought God and believed God to do something amazing and powerful for his glory in Western North Carolina, and we were the answer to that prayer. We are their legacy, and we're all the legacy of someone, right? And now it's our place, 2017, Rock Church, to establish a foundation of legacy for the next generation. So how will we handle this? What will we do with this day that's upon us? What legacy will this generation leave for the next generation? Because I think God sees the generations that are going to come out of us. There's a, there's a pastor in that third grade classroom today. There's a worship leader. There's a church planner. There's a kingdom entrepreneur in, in kids' church today. Somebody who's going to rise up and make a difference for the glory of God. I'm 18 years old. I've spent my teenage years getting high somehow every day. And whether it was smoking pot or taking qualudes or you name it, I was everything short of needles in my arms. That's how I was living. I was going nowhere but to trouble. And God intervened in my life. And who knew that this church would be in that kid's spiritual loins? Who knew? I didn't have any idea. And there's nobody that was around me that would have looked at me and said, thousands of people will get saved because of you. No. God saw it way before anybody could have, way before I could have. And God's brought us, I believe, to this place as a church, 
Many of us have been significantly blessed by God. And you might say, well, not me. No, yes, you. And I'm urging you, I'm encouraging you, I'm calling on you to help us move this thing forward. We can't, we can't ever get stuck at the old is good enough. When our church was at meeting at the hotel conference room, we had 60 people in church. I'm grateful for somebody who said, you know what? The old is not good enough. We got to make better space. And then we met at a little office park for a few months, and our church grew to almost 180 people on a Sunday. And I am so grateful that somebody said, the old is not good enough. I'm going to help us move forward into the new day. And then we were at Turtle Creek Shopping Center for a couple of years, several years, five or six years, and thank God somebody said, the old is not good enough. I mean, 80% of churches, more than 80% of churches are under 200 people in the U.S. It would have been easy for us in the shopping center to go, hey, there's 400 people that come to church here. That's good enough, isn't it? Thank God. Some of you, I hope, are saying, thank God. We didn't stop there, get stuck there. Uh, and I'm just saying, what, what's coming up next weekend is it's big, it's vital, it's important for us to be able to move forward as a church. We've asked uh, 150 people at least to, to think about bringing $1,000 to that offering. But some of you can go way beyond that. Some of you have the ability to go way beyond that. Suzette and I will go way beyond that. We'll make an investment that's as strong as we could possibly make. I'm not looking for what's the least I can get by with. Come on, I'm only going to be on this planet for what, 100 years? I don't know. But I'm not going to waste my days, and I'm going to leave a legacy. Yeah, and I'm asking you to do the same. Next week is a, weekend is a big weekend for us. So I'm asking you to lean into this with your very best with all your heart. And let's see God do something great. Anybody with me on this? Come on, be with me. Amen. I would like to pray today. Could you just uh, take a moment, bow your heads and close your eyes? You know, I, I think for all of us, we have to be willing to embrace the fact that, you know, this old is not helping me. Uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not getting where I want to go. Maybe. Maybe you're in a place where you're just stuck in, in your relationship with the Lord. I would love to give the opportunity for you to break out of the old and move into the new, a new relationship with Jesus, a fresh relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've never just submitted your heart to him, or maybe you have actually submitted your heart to him in the past, but now you've kind of fallen away. It's time for a a fresh recommit of yourself to him. Or maybe you just feel unsure about where you really stand with God. I want, I want to pray today. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. This is an important moment for someone in this room. If you say, Pastor, I, I do need a fresh start. I do need a new beginning. 
I would like to put my life into God's hands uh, in, a, in a real way, in a committed way, in a, in a meaningful way. If that's you, you say, I, I want to give my life to Christ, or I know I need to come back, or I just want to know for sure I'm right with God, would you pray with me? We just lift your hand real high and say, that, that's me. I know I need to give my life to Christ. I know I need to come back to him. Thank you. Amen. Let's pray this prayer together. I want everybody to say this out loud. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my heart. I open my life to your love, to your lordship. I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned. I come to the cross where you paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start, a new beginning, as I give my life to Jesus. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Amen.